Breitbart News Daily. This is the podcast version of the longer show. We do a three-hour show every weekday, 6 to 9, Sirius XM Patreon. So you can join us over there all day. We usually give you the opening segment here. Kind of cover a lot of stuff. It's not necessarily the biggest story. It's a, it's a whole show, right? But we'll give you one segment. We'll taste. Uh, so we kicked off mostly talking about the FBI killing that man in Utah. A lot of questions. But we ask a lot of them. Let me tell you what we know so far. Right here. Biden administration negotiated the sort of release of five Americans who are in prison in Iran. I say sort of release because they're now on house arrest, so they're still there. They're still hostages. In exchange for, I first read the story about this yesterday on Breitbart.com, of course, and uh, it took, it took a couple paragraphs before I got to the in exchange for, right? So, so, okay, good. Five Americans. Okay, nice. Great. Okay, I wonder what they're in for. Interesting. Okay, good. Well, let's get them home. Okay. Uh, oh, oh. Um, for what? I wonder what they, I wonder what we gave them. Hmm. Oh, 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 okay. Six billion dollars. Six billion dollars. Do you remember? Of course you do. Back in 2016, Barack Obama giving pallets of cash to Iran. Do you remember this? That was for four Americans. And do you remember how much money it was? We got lots of money. It's money rolling around. We got infrastructure money, bailout money. It's so many f- amounts of money. You got to remember. This was $1.7 billion. Four Americans for $1.7 billion. And now we're getting five Americans for $6 billion. Got some inflation going on here. The price has gone up for an American's head. There's no question. So that, I don't know, just on the surface seems like not great negotiating. I feel like a strong America could have done better than that. I don't know. We'll talk more about that later. The part that is not getting enough attention is the just, there should be round, just, just universal mocking of this idea that they're telling us, the Biden White House is telling us, that this money will only be used for humanitarian purposes. Apparently the Qataris are going to control the money and make sure that it's only used for humanitarian purposes. They keep telling us over and over, oh, it's humanitarian, human- oh, only humanitarian, it's only going to be human. Not for not funding terrorism. Give me a break. Give me a break. I, just, I, I get offended at that because there's probably a lot to get offensive, offended about in this whole thing. Don't treat me like we're idiots. Don't talk to us like we're idiots. Money's fungible. Any dollar that doesn't cover, doesn't be spent over there, can be spent over here. And any dollar they don't spend there can be spent. You know with me? So let's say Iran, I'm making this up. Let's say Iran spends $1,000 on humanitarian purposes and $10 on terrorism. Now they can spend $1,010 on terrorism and be like, oh, we have no humanitarian money. Oh, we need $1,000 for humanitarian purposes. And they get the thousand bucks from Qatari, and the American government says, "Oh, see, it's used for humanitarian purposes." 
well, yeah, that's because they spent that money. They were spending on humanitarian. Now they're spending it on terrorism. So it doesn't matter. It's the same in the end. So don't, don't even pretend that you can control that. That's the offensive part. You guys can't control anything they do. They still have five Americans. So you're not controlling anything over there. Don't tell me you can control how they spend the money. Right, we'll talk more about that later. Alex is going to be here today at 840. I look forward to talking to him about that. So let's start off the show with the man in Provo, Utah, outside Provo, Utah, who was killed by the FBI. I have no opinion on this yet. I have no opinion. And I should say up front that I and Alex, editor-in-chief of Breitbart, former host of this show, we have no desire to be first over being right. We place a priority on being right, on knowing enough about what's happening, and even knowing enough to ask the right questions. I have no desire to jump on the bandwagon to be first. I don't, I see no value in that whatsoever. I see nothing. I see great value in being right. The news cycle is already too fast. I prefer to slow it down as opposed to being in the group of people that just uh, speed it up. So here's what we know. And I think we know enough that we can start asking questions even. They were serving an arrest warrant. This is the claim. The claim is that the FBI was serving an arrest warrant against this guy because he threatened to kill President Biden and, and other people in his cabinet. That's the claim. Agents were serving an arrest warrant on Craig Robertson following his alleged online threats against Biden. The complaint includes screenshots of Facebook posts allegedly made by Robertson, one which read, the time is right for a presidential assassination or two. First Joe, then Kamala, three exclamation points. For the record, you can't, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> bad form, bad form. We'll talk about the legality in a minute. Bad form. Now, my line of freedom of speech. Everything goes fair game until you are inciting imminent lawless action. As soon as you incite imminent lawless action, that's no, no longer freedom of speech. That is the Supreme Court standard from 1969. There was a case called Brandenburg versus Ohio. The very, very quick background of it. Brandenburg was a, a Ku Klux Klan leader in rural Ohio. This is in 1964. And he invited a local news reporter to cover a Klan rally. And it was the whole thing. It was the robes, the hoods, the, the guns, the burning crosses, the whole thing. And one of the, he gave a speech. And he talked about revenge on whatever. Right? And, and we, he talked about um, revenge on anyone who supported the N-word and the Jews, uh, including our president, our Congress, our Supreme Court. Just Klan talk. Right? And he was charged with advocating violence with pretty vague, but like, listen, like terrible things you would never, I would never say I would never be a part of it, but, but vague, like it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't inciting imminent lawless action. So it went to the Supreme court and he won. 
this guy in Provo probably has the right to say, again, this probably because we don't know everything yet, from what they've told us, it's all been going, probably has a right to say, quote, the time is right for an assassination or two. But what really got him in trouble, or what, what made all the stars align against him, is that Biden was going to be in the Salt Lake City area for some economic tour he was doing. So that's where the imminency came in. Now, the Facebook post that everyone's talking about, where he said at the time is right for an assassination or two, that was from uh, September 19th, 2022. That's the line that's getting all the attention, but that one doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't line up. The time, the post that got him in trouble is when he said, uh, I hear Biden is coming to Utah. There's the like, the imminency of it. Digging out my old ghillie suit and cleaning the dust off the M24 sniper rifle. That'll get you in trouble every time. That one's, that's not going to work. Ghillie suit, by the way, is uh, like a suit you wear. It's usually covered with uh, grass and stuff. So you can hide in the grass and no one knows you're there. So uh, th- that, that was the post. The FBI shooting happened at 6.15 local time in Provo as agents were beginning to serve arrest and search warrants at a home. Investigations on this guy started back in March 19th. Someone sent a tip to the FBI that he posted a threat to kill Alvin Bragg. That, was the Manhattan, that is the Manhattan DA who's prosecuting Trump. The same day, two FBI agents went to his house. He admitted it was his social media account when an agent asked about the Bragg post, Robertson responded, I said it was a dream before adding we're done here. Don't return without a warrant. So the post in question, Robertson said, wonderful dream. And then he described standing with smoke wafting from his gun over a Biden official as shivers of liberty and freedom swelled in my heart for our amazingly great country. So he, he, he wiggled out of it by saying, oh, I just had a dream. It was just a dream. I wasn't saying we should do it. I was just saying it was, I had a dream about it. Or a, a dream, it happened. It was something like vaguer about it. So that's all we know right now. That's the background. So that's enough to start asking some questions here. What happened the other day? How did the FBI just shoot him and kill him? We know nothing about what happened that day. We we know a little bit about the background. We don't know anything that happened that day. So first, here is interesting. There's been no claim that this guy, Craig Robertson, fired on FBI agents who went to the house, or even that he was armed at all. Six o'clock in the morning. I don't know. There's There's been no even mention of this. So yesterday we played the story of a guy in San Francisco who was shot and killed by police, but the police released the body camera footage of him pointing a gun at the police. So that's the end of that investigation. Like, okay, yeah, you're going to get your your brains blown out like right away. Like you're you're dead. Can't do that. You're a goner. No, and maybe this happened. I'd say these are just questions. Maybe that did happen. Maybe the guy came to the door with a gun and that, again, that'll get you in trouble. That's not going to go well for you. FBI doesn't have body camera footage, by the way. It's interesting. But so far, I haven't heard any claim that he had a gun or brandished a gun or anything. The FBI field office in Salt Lake City also has not said if any FBI agents were injured. 
Okay. Just again, curious. Now here are some witnesses. This is his neighbor. Uh, neighbors who spoke to the Desert News described Robertson as a markedly different person than what he portrayed online. One person called him a teddy bear, known for his woodworking, who would sit in the same seat at church every Sunday. Another said he was barely mobile, weighing nearly 300 pounds and was unable to walk without a cane. He would drive to church, despite it being only 200 yards from his house, because he had so much trouble moving around. So this is the guy that the FBI felt it was necessary to conduct a SWAT team raid on. The guy who's barely mobile. Now I don't. I know. I, I I should have said that. I don't know what the, I don't know what the raid looked like. I don't know what if it was a SWAT team. The only pictures we've seen are after the interaction, and that was a full blown SWAT team like response. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just uh, maybe there's just two guys who showed up. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know what kind of battle they were prepared for. I have seen FBI footage, uh, or we have seen video of the FBI responding to people. Like how many? Do you remember how many? Uh, Mark Hauk, seventeen agents for some reason. Seventeen went to his house. Mark Hauk is the guy who's a pro-life activist, and he pushed a guy at a abortion clinic. And local police were like, "All right, guys, come on, knock it off, go home." No charges pressed locally, but then the FBI showed up at his house with uh, with guns. I want to say it was seventeen agents. I don't remember. I don't know why that number comes to mind. It was a lot. It was, it, was, it was more than necessary. Put it like that. Uh, so I don't know. It feels like a little bit of research into this guy and you could have come to the conclusion that he can barely move and probably wasn't much of a threat. Desert or neighbors also describe a harrowing scene with dozens of agents converging on the Provo house, rifles drawn, hiding behind bulletproof shields as flashbangs exploded. So again, was that the beginning of the raid? Or was that after the shooting? I just can't believe that this man warranted that kind of response, says a man who lives up the street. The neighbor who spoke on the condition of anonymity said they were shocked by the police presence and disturbed by what they saw after the shooting. I understand they have procedures they have to follow, but maybe his... But having his body out there for so long when there's kids in the cul-de-sac, they could have done more because he was bleeding through the sheet. Is this normal protocol to remove the body from the house? What's that about? So we have no idea what happened, Jim. But what I am afraid of is we'll never know more about what happened and I hate that I do I hate that I can't trust anything that our federal bureaucracy says about anything and I so wish that wasn't the case but how could I trust them how can anyone trust anything they do ever about anything no I'm leaving open the possibility maybe one day we'll find out that this guy was armed to the teeth at 6 a.m. And that he booby-trapped the house. And, and, and once they got inside, it was a house of horrors in there. Maybe there were torture devices and bombs and plans to assassinate the president. And like maybe it was all, this guy's like the worst. And maybe he was, it was all trick. It was all the ruse, the, the cane. It wasn't real, right? He just used that to divert attention away from him. And then as soon as you look away, ah, he's uh, like, a, like an American ninja warrior. And he can, he, he was the guy who was going to get past the Secret Service. And I, I don't know. 
Maybe he was able to pull it off. Right now, doesn't quite look at. And what's also weird, if I go to, let's, let's test this. Let's go to some of the lame stream. Um, so CNN, New York Times. New York Times have anything about it? Let's see, New York Times here. Give me another one. Let's go Washington Post. Washington Post, I think, is even hackier. Oh, no, no, you know, MSNBC. What am I doing? Let's just go to MSNBC. MSNBC. Let's see if they have any story about this. Clarence Thomas. Some Georgia thing. Yeah, a lot of Clarence Thomas stuff. Um, Bush Attorney General. Some focus group. Devin Archer. Uh, yeah, no, nothing. Weird. You oh here's all right a top top ten stories top ten stories. Jack Smith Ohio issue one talked about that yesterday Trump's uh, trial fake electors talk about that later. Uh, nope, not a single mention of this story. Weird. Wouldn't you think the left would be all over this one? That's odd. Here you have a Trump a MAGA. Republican. Apparently when the FBI went to his house a couple months ago, he was wearing a MAGA hat. The FBI made point of that. So we have a MAGA Trump Republican who they believed was such a credible threat to assassinate the president that the FBI had to go to his house now. That They felt the threat was imminent and, and a real threat. And they went and, and, uh, and this happened. But, but wouldn't, wouldn't you think the media would, would go all in on violent Trump supporters? Wouldn't they be all in on, can you believe Trump is inciting violence and, and here's proof? They've done that before. Why are they not doing it now? That's curious. So I'm going to keep watching it. We'll keep following it. Because again, we'd rather be right than first on this one. But also, we got we got to be right. <laughs> and right now, uh, I feel this story is going to go off into the sunset. Real quick point on not believing what we're told. This is the former Capitol Police Chief. This video was just released. This is the former Capitol Police Chief, Stephen Sund. So he was the police chief during January 6th. He was the guy. He was the, Cap- the Capitol Hill Police Chief. Now, we played a clip of him last week or so because it was just uh, revealed that he did an interview with Tucker Carlson on Tucker Carlson's interview show, like his long-form interview show, and it was never released. He was fi- I guess he was fired before they released it. So Tucker did another interview with Stephen Sund, and here's a little clip that was just released. One of the things that many things that, that are in here, I talk about the 2020 riots versus the, 20, the, the January 6th attack. The riots in front of the White House where famously St. John's Church was set on fire. Oh, White House, across the country. You know, I talk about the White House um, and I talk about an agency that was formed by Congress specifically for the protection of the United States president, um, the Washington, D.C. Police Department. The White House is under attack and they are prevented. They are prevented. I know it's not from Chief Newsom. It's from his, you know, he was the chief at the time. Uh, it would have been from uh, above him. They're from prevented from going on, cap- on White House grounds and helping the United States Secret Service with defending the, the White House. So think about that. You know, who made that decision? I, I, again, all I know is, you know, Newsom's hands were tied. So Mayor Bowser, 
higher. I don't know. But, but think about but that. But somebody told when there, and there was real rioting. In fact, I, oh. I think well, that more officers were injured at that riot than were injured on January 6th, I think. Yep, yep. Again, don't take my word, GAO report. More officers injured at the uh, protests up on the White House than on January 6th. And I'm told by Park Police, all charges were dropped, according to the, uh, the uh, fighting at Lafayette Park and at the, uh, at the White House. There were Secret Service agents bloodied and battered over there. There was a number of federal agencies that were hurt. Structures set on fire. They tried to light the Hay Adams Hotel on fire that was occupied. Think about that. Charges dropped. No, no such situation. I mean, when you look at the disparity of how justice is being applied, uh, again, that's, that's scary. That becomes really scary when uh, it becomes politicized like that. And that's what appears to have happened. Very interesting about the Black Lives Matter riots in Lafayette Park. That was on June 1st, 2020. That is not a day that will live in infamy. But January 6th is. If you say January 6th, see the Democrats did such an amazing job branding it. They made it a thing. It is more of a day than D-Day. It's more, it's more of a known day than Pearl Harbor Day. J-6, January 6th. Everyone, so they went from January 6th, they now call it J-6. J-6, there's other months that start with J. And no one's, no one's like, uh, 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 July? What do you mean J-6? What happened on July 6th? No, 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 it's January, January 6th. Everyone knows what J-6 means. That's how good the Democrats are at branding. J-6, they went with J-6 because the riots on uh, Lafayette Park, no, all charges dropped. We don't know anything. No, no, does, oh, gone. That was on J-1, June 1st. How come uh, Republicans couldn't brand June 1? The, black, the Lafayette Park riots on June 1, nothing. Interesting. So that is one part of the story is that we cannot trust our federal government anymore. And that's, that's not me telling you not to trust them. I want to be very clear about this. I'm not telling you not to trust them. I am lamenting the fact that they are clearly not trustable. <laughs> trustworthy, I guess is the word. I'm lamenting the fact that they are not trustworthy. And then we also have a freedom of speech issue here. And it's a difficult one, of course, but all freedom of speech issues are. Right? No, no, one, no one's like, oh, does he have freedom of speech to talk about the, the baseball game the other day? Like, there's not, that's not, freedom of speech doesn't, isn't relevant there. It's only the difficult examples. So there's that angle too. Let me give you an example of that one. In a completely unrelated story, a 16-year-old, they keep calling her autistic. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I feel like today all 16-year-olds are, are autistic. <laughs> autistic has become an umbrella word for weird. So I don't, know what, I don't know what this even means if someone says someone's autistic these days. So for some reason, she was driven home by police. I guess she was really drunk out somewhere, and a family member called police, and police picked her up and drove her home. And then once they dropped her off, the, the 16-year-old, Said that said to one of the female police officers that you look like my lesbian nana. We don't have video of that yet, but her mom has video of police officers 
seven of them, dragging her out of the house, arresting her for making what they call a homophobic public order offense. <laughs> so the, the police or the, 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 the mom is screaming at the police officers. Like, what are you doing? They're trying to drag her. She's under the stairs. She's hiding under the stairs, hitting herself. And they're trying to grab her out of the house and arrest her. And the mom's like, it wasn't homophobic. She said you look like her Nana, who is indeed married to a woman. She's not homophobic. It wasn't intended to be a homophobic thing. Like, what, shouldn't, isn't this like a compliment now? Like, oh, you look right. Now, by the way, the officer in question indeed looks like a lesbian. Very short, blonde hair. And she's seen in the video saying she's going to be arrested. About the 60, we're going to arrest her. Seven police officers. So I very much look forward to the uh, body camera footage to see how the girl said this. Right? Tone is what matters. But who does it even? You're telling me in England you can't say that a police officer looks like a lesbian? No, you can't. Because in England, under Europe, all of Europe, they don't have freedom of speech. They don't have freedom of speech. This is so hard for us to wrap our head around because that's all we've ever known is freedom of speech. You can say whatever you want. No, you can't. Not in England. In Europe, you cannot. You can get arrested in Europe for saying hurtful things. Forget even hateful. Hurtful. Hurtful. That was hurtful. What this girl said hurt the feelings of the police officer. Have you seen the videos? I don't know how these police officers do it, but there'll be a riot police. At a Black Lives Matter riot. And there'll be usually it's a black police officer. So you have a bunch of white police officers, and you got a black police officer, and you have Black Lives Matter rioters screaming in the face of this black police officer. Scream like literally right up in his face. I've seen this many times. Screaming the worst things you could possibly say about another human being in his face. Many people for a long time. And I do not know how that police officer stands there and doesn't respond. I do not know, and I do not know how they handle it afterwards. That is terrible. But no one's arrested for being mean. <laughs> Nor should they. But in England, you can't say you look like my lesbian Nana. Now, I thought this story was fake. But this is a real statement from the police department. It's uh, from the West Yorkshire Police. Comments were made, which resulted in the girl being arrested for suspicion of a homophobic public order offense. <laughs> what in the world? In America, you can make comments about assassinating presidents. Now, if you do, you may get the FBI come into your house and kill you. But technically, you can say it. We need to defend freedom of speech in this country. We need to be freedom of speech extremists. And unfortunately, we have to question every single thing the federal government tells us about anything. But I'm up for the task. You with me?
Buzz Daily. We talked to John Nolte, Breitbart News senior writer. By the way, we also talked to Alex Marlowe, editor-in-chief. Got to subscribe to hear the Alex Marlowe interview. We talked to him every end of the week, too. Love doing that. John Nolte is my favorite Breitbart writer. This is a lot because I like them all. Uh, but he's great, <laughs> especially his stuff about Lizzo, which I had to start off with. I couldn't not. But then we had a great conversation about uh, immigrants, illegal immigration, and we had a caller very offended at something that John said. So John talked to the caller. And that's all here as well. Enjoy. John, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we have lots to discuss, uh, kind of all over the map here. And I want to start here, although it doesn't seem like the most important of the issues. Uh, there's a lot to unpack that you've done a great job of, and I've laughed out loud as you've done it. Uh, Lizzo. Now, before everyone listening now changes the station because they don't want to hear a thing about Lizzo, again, there's some really, really important cultural things happening here that, that we need to be aware of. So what, what the downfall of Lizzo, but maybe before the downfall of Lizzo, we should discuss the, the rise of Lizzo. <laughs> Who is Lizzo? Lizzo is a pop star, rap star. She's this humongously fat uh, singer. She's quite talented. There's no question about that. But what she's done to separate herself from the pack is celebrate the fact that she's morbidly obese. Um, And she dresses like a supermodel, even though she's disgusting to look at. She probably weighs about 300 pounds. Um, and like I said, musically, there's no question that she's talented. I mean, there's there's no question about that at all. But her claim to fame is her obesity and pretending that she's healthy and sexy when she's just a big pig. It's a shame because I think the first time I ever saw Lizzo, she was performing clothed and sitting in a, on a stool. And I think it was an acapella, basically an acapella performance, maybe her and a guitar and uh, her flute maybe. And she was just singing her first big song and she's an amazing singer. You're like, oh, wow, it's really great. It's wonderful. And then she decided to go that route that you just spoke of. And it's like, oh, why? Why do they do that? Why do all these pop stars do that? Why is it all this pornographic, disgusting stuff? Like, why? Why, why can't you just sing and be a really good singer? Yeah, there's plenty of examples of overweight um, superstars in, in the pop culture world, Aretha Franklin and, and whatnot. But, you know, she just has to take it to the part where she just becomes gross and you can't watch her because, it's, I mean, it's not only gross to look at a fat woman, um, you know, who's burying her midriff. The lie is gross. You, you just, you're being lied to through the whole thing. I'm sexy, I'm sexy, I'm sexy. No, you're not, you're a pig. And Aretha Franklin wasn't a pig. Aretha Franklin had class up and down. Rosemary Clooney had class up and down. It didn't matter how heavy they were. Um, but this is just something totally different. And she's just appalling to look at because just your eyes, you know, just she's disgusting to look at physically. But the lie of it all, the fact that you're being manipulated into believing this is something that it's not, it's just, just a propaganda. Well, that and that's part of the bigger cultural moment right just the, the constant lying to you and and i, I tied this to uh maybe i can't remember if i stole it from you or it was an original thought it's probably i probably stole it from you that megan rapino was presented not just as a great soccer player but as a supermodel she's a victoria's secret model on all the women's magazines 
presented to a uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. She was presented to you as as beautiful, <laughs> which is like, huh? Right, like, who right. are these people, and why are they telling us all of these lies, even down to what is beautiful? Yeah, and that is th- that's the most off-putting thing about it is that we're being told, you know, Megan Rapinoe looks like a fifty-year-old trailer park meth addict and she's not anything close to beautiful and of course what undermines her looks is that she's off she's just a terrible human being she's a toxic narcissist and this this push to 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 change our idea of beauty um you know it's you know if you if you find fat women sexy that's fine that's your thing but that's a fetish you know, that's not a normal standard of beauty. You have a fetish. And if you have, I don't care if you have a fetish, it's, you know, my name's Paul, that's between y'all. But the idea that we're trying to tell the world and change people's minds about this or to, cr- to create a universal standard of beauty, it's just absurd. Uh, and they're, they're lying to us about every aspect of what is good, beautiful, and true. And maybe, I don't know which one offends me more. Maybe the beauty, maybe the, the shoving beauty down your face. We just look at art over the last few decades and it's everywhere. Um, so just to wrap up this up, so she's in a complete free fall because of accusations that she uh, is harassing and just a horrible person. Is there any accusation in particular that stands out? And then the funniest one is that she's accused of fat shaming <laughs> her dancers, yeah. which is, you know, give me a break. <laughs> but what, 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 what are the accusations and, and what does the downfall say about society? Her downfall say about society. Well, what does her downfall say the, about our downfall? <laughs> The, the the worst accusation against her is really hard to explain on a radio show like this, but she took these she, – she sort of pressured her dancers, according to them, to go to this vile sex club where these vile things happen, and that she basically pressured them – you know, she's the boss um, – to engage in vile behavior at these sex clubs. And it's – and none of this surprises me. Because when you look at Lizzo's public persona, you can just tell she's a, as a human being, she's just a pig. I'm not even talking about her, the way she looks, but she's just a pig. I mean, in her, her, she is obsessed by sex. She's obsessed by her fetishes. And there's just sort of a when you get when you get wrapped around that, when that becomes your identity, this moral black backsliding begins you backslide morally and it just gets worse and worse and worse because sex can be like a drug where all of a sudden this this isn't enough so i need something even more extreme and then that isn't enough and i need something more extreme and you could see that in her public persona so none of this is surprising to me and as far as as far as what it says about us is that it's just more of this um as much as i find lizzo disgusting and as much as i'm enjoying her downfall it shouldn't be happening because nothing has been proven these are just allegations and but she's had a concert uh, canceled and all this stuff and i guess it's a good sign that it's happening across the board because you think she'd be immune to this but you know i want to live in a society where even someone as disgusting as lizzo is given the benefit of the doubt is 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 innocent until proven guilty. And I know that this isn't a court of law and everybody's going to talk about what the first amendment means, but even in the court of public opinion, we should not be destroying people until 
until we know that they're guilty and we don't know that she's guilty and her her life in a perfect country her life and career would not be dismantled right now until this thing played out in the courts i think if she were listening now she'd be surprised by your defense of her after such horrible things you said about her john (laughs) yeah yeah, all facts (laughs) uh let's pivot to some more uh politics so uh, we talked about, we played a clip earlier of Meet the Press. What's the guy's name? Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd Chuck said, Todd. wow, it looks like Governor Abbott was right. You send illegal immigrants to different cities, and now those cities are going to start to care about illegal immigration. And it's like, well, yeah, no, duh, Chuck. Uh, especially Eric Mayor Adams <clears throat> saying that uh, illegal immigrants have decimated his city. Now, a little vocabulary pet peeve, decimate means to decrease by 10%. But either way, uh, how can illegal immigrants destroy New York City? Well, we're, we're not, you know, immigration used to be about taking people that had enormous potential out of countries where they weren't allowed to reach that potential. You know, we wanted Einstein. We wanted, you know, to capture the pop culture wave, Oppenheimers. Those are the guys we wanted. Um, and instead, we're just importing the third world. So these people come across the border illegally because Biden invites them, because the replacement theory is real. They want to replace us. And and he opens up the country. And Abbott is going to these illegals and he's saying, well, do you guys want to go to New York? And if they say yes, he's sending them to New York. Now, imagine the different type of person that says that they want to go to New York as opposed to just settle down in the Southwest somewhere and start a family um, and, you know, and, and just live a quiet life. I mean, if people are saying, yeah, I want to go to New York, that's a, that's a totally different kind of illegal immigrant. Hmm. So he said, I think he sent about a hundred thousand of these people so far to New York. And of course they're destroying the city because they don't care. They're not here. You know, they're not here to just live a quiet life and make a living and create a better life for their kids. Most of these people are single and they're just there to party and they're, and you send thousands of them into these neighborhoods. And of course they're going to destroy the neighborhoods. And now you have uh, lady Gaga's dad. He's, he's complaining about them because they're riding their bikes up and down the street all night and they party and hookers are coming in and there's 500 of them in some dormitorium right in the middle of the upper West side. And, and they're sleeping on the streets, and there's litter and catcalling, and it changed the total personality of the neighborhood. And that's why people don't want, you know, they don't want welfare housing in their neighborhoods because you, you create, a, you, you uh, attract a certain type of person, and they can destroy your neighborhood. One rental house in a community can destroy the whole community. So that's what's happening, and, and uh, I think it's awesome. I, <laughs> New York is getting exactly what it voted for. And they deserve it. I, I hope they get everything they want. How is this any different than when the Italians and Irish moved to the cities and were dirt poor and, and uh, were bad neighbors and culturally different, et cetera, et cetera? It's no different in the sense that what's, what it does to the neighborhood. It's no different whatsoever. And that's a great question. But one difference is that those Irish and those Italians didn't come in illegally. They went through Ellis Island. And there was a screening process, as weak as it might have been, and I'm sure it was. Well, we lost him totally. 
Son of a gun. Oh, here we go. Just call it back in there. Do, 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 do. And he's back right now. There we go. John, we'll pretend like it never happened. Uh, so you said uh, they went through Ellis no Island, and you said they were screened as weak as it was. That's where we lost you. Right. It was as weak as it was. They were screened. I'm sure there was plenty of corruption around the screening and that all kinds of people got in that shouldn't have gotten in. But that's a very different process. They, were, they, were, they weren't just screened for uh, th- their backgrounds. They were screened for health reasons. Biden is just letting these people pour in. He's just letting them pour in. And there's a big difference between an invited guest who ruins your house and an uninvited guest. And this should not be happening. And we did have immigration pauses in the past. Then, uh, of course, that's never going to happen now. But it, it is the same thing. We should have learned from it and not allowed it to happen again. But like I said, Democrats are determined to flood this country with illegals because they know that illegals will eventually have children. Those children will vote Democrat. They're thinking the long game um, and the replacement theory is real. Yeah, that, that, that's a smart long game. If your if your goal is to Very get elected, smart. that's a that's a play. That's a good that's a good play. Then you got twenty million illegal immigrants. Uh, some of these purple states comes down to ten thousand votes. So, they're they're a smart game. Um, what about the black voters in Chicago? There's a video of a public meeting in Chicago with the police chief and city council members and whatever. And they were all these black voters were upset about. Uh, legal immigrants in a former elementary school. And they're talking just like Lady Gaga's dad about how dangerous and violent, whatever. This guy stands up and he says, if you don't do something about this, we will. If if this happens again, you don't stop this, we are going to stop it on the streets and you're not going to like it. And he's right about that. Uh, But will this issue finally be the one that convinces at least maybe not 98% of black people to vote Democrat, Maybe seventy-five percent of black people. Like, is this is there something that is this the one that can turn a lot of black people into Trump voters? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, here's a guy who's standing up in this in this in this forum and willing to basically threat vigilantism. <laughs> yeah. But what he's not willing to do is say, "I won't vote for you." What he's not willing to do is say, "I'm going to vote for Trump." It's just the same thing. You have this mentality in these blue cities, and it could be guys like Lady Gaga's dad on the Upper West Side, or it could be the guy you're talking about, and they're willing to do everything but vote for vote for change. Um, you know, I have no pity for these people. None. They're getting exactly what they voted for. Democrats have been very honest about what their agenda is. They're going to they're going to destroy the electric grid. They're going to force your kids into terrible schools. They're going to groom your kids sexually in these schools. They're going to flood your city with illegal immigrants. And these morons, these Democrat voters just keep voting for more of the same. And I every time I see the situation in Chicago or I see Lady Gaga's dad whining, I just laugh. Because they deserve it. They have, I, I have no sympathy for these people. This is a free country. You can vote for whoever you want. The other day I was watching the movie Scarface, the original Scarface from 1932. And it opens with this warning about, it says, the government isn't doing anything about these terrible criminals. And they were talking about the bootleggers in the 20s. 
and they won't do anything about that. But then, the, but then the warning says, but you are the government, and what are you going to do about it? And I think of the same thing here. You can blame the Democrat politicians all day long, but it's not their fault. They're doing what they said they would do. The problem is the people vote for them. You vote for Eric Adams, who stands in front of the whole city and says, this is a sanctuary city, quite smugly. And then the, then the consequences come. Hey, that's your fault, pal. You want to live like that? That's up to you because you don't have to live like that. You can change your voting pattern. But they refuse to. So I just laugh at them. The power that that's this, this voting pattern has over people, it's, it's so fascinating because people would rather move than vote differently. You wrote an article about Portland, Oregon. They've lost uh, over 14,000 taxpayers in the last year. Uh, so it's their families, right? So it's 14,000 families, essentially. Some, some could be single, right? right? But, uh, and they're leaving. So, so, but they, I guarantee you most of those people voted for the, for the, reason, the people that is the reason they're leaving. They st- but they, right? So they'd rather still vote for them, but then make it so intolerable yeah, they must leave. Yeah, it's it's and and then they and then they take their voting habits to a state like Colorado that used to be a, a red state, and they vote Democrat. And the same thing's going to happen. You're going to see, you know, and you've seen in these big cities in Colorado the same thing happening. So they're like locusts. They just go. They just go from state to state. They destroy state to state with their with their terrible voting habits. Luckily, most of that horror is is happening within the blue cities. So if you live in a rural area, you know, you're basically protected from this nonsense. You know, it may, you may not be protected from high taxes or stupid regulations, but you're at least protected from terrible schools and home and all the, you know, the, the degenerates they allow to live on the streets. Um, but, yeah, that's just that's one of the sad things. They, they just will not change their vote. Talking with John Nolte. Speaking of terrible schools, you wrote an article the other day about uh, how there's 12,000 fewer kindergartners in the New York City public schools. I remember reading a couple of years ago an article about how our, ci- our cities have become these just young people, young childless, single people hellscapes. <laughs> they didn't use that word, but that, that's my... Uh, as, but they, they become like these entertainment fun zones for young, drunk people. And by young, I mean you know 20s and 30s uh, without kids. It's a very different cultural moment we're in right now with our cities well what you have is these these cities have become the the george floyd riots whatever you want to call them the 1619 riots they changed the face of these cities because you have uh the democrats that run these cities saying let's defund the police that's the most extreme the least extreme in these cities is let's make the police eunuchs where they're not going to do anything. And some of that is done through legislation. Some of it is done through the fact that the cops are looking at what happens to them if they enforce the law. So they're not going to enforce the law. They're just going to wait out till they get their pension and you can't blame them. Um, so it changes the face of the city. And what happens is that criminals who are very savvy in most cases they know what they can get away with in these cities, which is why they're walking into Walgreens and filling up bags of stuff and walking out without paying for it. And that's the least of it. So that is, you cannot live in a city like that because you can't deal with chaos. You know, human beings have the ability to adapt to anything. 
as long as we know what's going to happen next, we could live, you know, you can live in prison. Mm. You can live in a, in a chicken shack. As long as you know what's going to happen next, you can adapt to it. But in these cities, there's so much chaos that people don't know, and you just can't live like that. People can't live like that. So, they're, so good people, these family people, are just getting the hell out because they don't have, have any other choice. And when you see kindergarten roles dip like that, it's because people are moving. And, and who's going to move? It's going to be people with families because they're the ones that worry about it the most because they have children. Yeah, and then it spirals from there. I don't know how you get out of that spiral. Um, I want to take a phone call here so we can uh, reiterate, make sure we're, we're uh, as articulate as we can here. Go to Joe, who's in Indiana. Joe, you're on the phone with, uh, with me and John Nolte here. What's going on, Joe? Yeah, hi. Good morning. Thank you t- for taking my call. Um, this is the first time I've ever called into a show where I called in because I was upset because something a guest said. And I would take personal exception to Mr. Nolte's characterizations of the Irish and the Italians coming in and doing the same things to the cities. You know, they came in legally, but they're doing the same, did the same things to the cities that our illegal immigrants are doing now. I had a green card until I was 16. My parents came here with us when we were kids. They had a second-grade education and a sixth-grade education. We worked our asses off, never took anything from anybody, never destroyed anybody, never catcalled going down the street. The bottom line is, is that at this point, I did 20 years in the military, a brother that served in the Army. I have three kids in the U.S. military. So the characterization of immigrants as coming in and destroying cities, whether they're legal or not, you know, is it isn't accurate and i find it offensive that you actually paint with such broad strokes in your comments i just put joe on hold real quick guys but just put joe on hold john what do you say yeah i mean i understand what he's saying i mean but he's you know and i I am generalizing i mean but if you look at you you go back and you look at the slums um the, the italian and irish slums of the time there was a lot of crime you know the mafia was created i'm not saying that every and i I would say the same thing about the, the Irish and Italians that I said about illegals. Some of them come into the country because they want to party. Some of them come into the country because they just want to settle down and have a good life. And they're the ones that generally stay in Texas. But the problems are the same. I mean, you can't differentiate between the problems and you can't look at the history um, of these slums and all the crime that happened Um and say that there's some sort of a difference, except that they came in legally. Eventually, the Italian and the Irish assimilated. So the question is, are all these illegals going to assimilate? I personally hope they don't get the chance. I hope Trump is elected and he deports every single one of them, especially the dreamers. Uh, Joe, if I may, when I, when I speak of Irish immigrants, I'm thinking like, the potato famine immigrant wave from 1840 or something. And when I think of Italian immigrants, I'm talking about like 1880s. Uh, you, not you. And, but also where are you from where your accent sounds like you've lived your whole life? Can we throw Joe back on? Hey Joe, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from? You said you had yeah, a green I moved, card. We moved, we moved here. I moved here as a child from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, because of the troubles in the 1960s, and I uh, grew up in upstate New York. Where in upstate? Uh, Dutchess County. Went to high school in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, I, I was. I mean, I don't know what you say. Like, 
great. I'm not. Uh, we, uh, we weren't referring to you. I think we were referring to more of the Irish slums of the 1800s. But uh, I appreciate the call, Joe. But uh, John, I want to ask you about this, John. The reason I want to take that call is, what do you say about the hard work aspect? Because that's what he was saying, right? We work hard. We work hard, John. And these immigrants, they just want to work hard. They're here to work, and they're going to work hard. They're hard workers. Don't you know how hard they work? Yeah, it's it's um, it, you know, it's like I said. There's a big difference between legal immigration and illegal immigration. And these illegals, I have no, you know, I used to live in L.A. I lived in L.A. for ten years, and you would go to a go to a, a hardware store, um, a home supply store, and the entire parking lot would be surrounded by illegal immigrants because they wanted work. So I have no doubt that a lot of those people that come here illegally want work. But uh, but I also have no doubt that a lot of those who come here illegally want to traffic drugs and traffic kids and get on welfare and party in New York and enjoy prostitutes and drugs. And, and you cannot, there's no reason why we have to accept both. If you screen people properly, if you, we should be brain draining these, these foreign countries, yes. not opening our, our, our borders up to the third world. Um, so it's just it's one or the other. What are you going to do? Is it, 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 it Biden doesn't care. He just wants to flood the country with Democrats. That's all he cares about. That's all the Democrats care about. And they don't care if it destroys your way of life. They don't care if it destroys your neighborhood. They don't care about the fact that children are being sex trafficked or all the drugs that are coming in. And they certainly don't care if it depresses wages, because this is all about giving their rich donors cheap domestic labor and slaves at their corporations. That's that's all that it's about. So, yeah, I don't doubt that these people that a lot of these people come here and work hard. I've seen it, but I don't care. They all need to be deported especially the dreamers. They have no business being in our country and we need to regulate who comes in. I don't care how hard they work. They have no business being here. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. Sounds like a... You Obviously not. <laughs> uh, the great you know, John and, and, and I want to point out, my wife, was, my wife was born in Mexico. She, she's Mexican. She's, she's 100% Mexican. But her family came here legally. And they moved to Wisconsin, and her dad worked in a factory third shift, and they created a life, and they assimilated. They became Americans. That is the way it should be. I am all for legal immigration. I'm all for bringing people here who are brilliant or who are ambitious. We should be stealing the best people from all these foreign countries. But just opening our doors to people that are destroying the Upper West Side, while I enjoy watching the Upper West Side get destroyed because they deserve it, um, that should not be happening. John Nolte, Breitbart News Senior Writer. John, great to talk to you, sir. Have a great weekend. All right, buddy. You too. Keep up the great work. I'm American made. I got American parts. I got American Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily on Monday. We are going to talk more about the Iranian deal. It's the new Iranian deal, I suppose. Much more fallout there. Uh, also, we're going to get back to a topic we briefly touched on earlier in the week, and that is the malware, the Chinese malware that's on American military computer systems and infrastructure systems across the country. That should be a bigger deal. That should be a bigger story. 
So we're going to be sure we talk about it and everyone knows about it. We'll do that on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Breitbart News Daily. Mike Slater.